Hi everyone, welcome back. So excited to be back. Um, yeah, I'm sorry for not being consistent. Uh, I was at home and low-key me and my mom got into it. So then I was with my friends and because I was with my friends, I was like, let me just stay with them instead of going home because my grandma's there. And uh, whoop de doo might have COVID. But like, honestly, it feels like I have GERD because I do suffer from GERD, which is like gastro something like heartburn central um and that's pretty debilitating but then also i have allergies so it feels like a mix of GERD and allergies but it could also be corona so i go for my rapid test or my pcr test tomorrow morning prayers um in the sky for me please um because i'm just like worried like i was with my grandma for one day and i did tell her to stay away from me but i don't know like cannot risk anything happening to that woman so please have my grandma in your prayers dead ass um but yeah, so excited to be back. I have no headlines today. Surprising, I have nothing to really talk about. Other than we are just in utter decline. Like, we're fucked. Fucked, fucked, figgity, fucked. Like, I just feel like our government is leading lambs to slaughter. We're running around like chickens with our head cut off. Like, this... It's the end of the world as we... Like, it really does feel like the end times. Um... And I think I'm just really mad, though, because I I won't experience love before the end times. Like, what if I die celibate during the end times? Like, that would be sad as fuck. So, like, there's that, but whatever. Um, so there there are two things I just want to do two little small rants about because I'm irritated as fuck. Uh, let's start with the one that's less irritating, which is, okay, so I, like I said, I've become a TikTok girly, and I don't like it, like... I'm really sick of people using black moments, black vernacular, black trends, black anything, and like going viral on Twitter, there's that. But then in the same breath, what I'm about to talk about is this conversation of gentrification. You don't give a fuck about black people when it comes to what you want to do in your personal life, where you want to move, the opportunities you want to have. But you will take the time to find joy out of black moments, black people on TikTok, and you can amass a following from that, and that's fine. I just have an issue with that. I'm like don't if you don't like black people just don't like black people in all regards but no it's hip it's cool black people are the shit and that's that so yeah that's what's irritating me on tiktok and i just wish that people would stop um doing anything with black people like seriously stop um then my other thing that i just want to rant on really quickly is driving in texas is the worst thing ever like i've almost been run off the road i literally just so i went to go pick something up and i literally got flipped off but by this car who was turning the curb so fucking slowly like he's like literally turning into somewhere so slowly and then he flips me off and i go around him and i'm like get out the way like get out the way pretty boy coming through me and my crew we swagging up in the room girls on me heavy because i look so sexy yellow diamond shoddy in the club straight flexing i'm looking for a sorry pretty boy take off in five four three two okay anyway so yeah the driving is just really bad I like can't like I was driving on the freeway and one guy almost ran into me and then swerved off the middle of the road and luckily did not hit another car but like I've seen some pretty scary shit on top of they just can't fucking drive also if I like space out I'm just like super worried about my grandma like oof. and it's my fault I I should have been more careful and I'm upset about that um but yeah fuck driving in Texas fuck Texas really truly um but yeah okay what I'm going to be talking about today is coming out of my post-grad depression question mark. It was a statement, and then I looked back, and I was like, mm, actually, it's probably more of a question because I really don't fucking know. And then I'll be talking about get the fuck out of my neighborhood, the perils of gentrification. So this should be fun. But anyways, yeah, I just want to say happy New Year's, everyone. I know that this may have not been the best year for some or for most or for the world. Um, and we've had we've experienced one of the most gruesome years in our day like honestly they, they talk a lot about in history how there are certain time periods and moments that define a generation and this is definitely our moment that defines our generation a bad moment that defines our generation um so i know that it may not have been the best but i am sending love to everybody and well wishes and a happier 2022 or whatever so yeah um so let's get into coming out of my post-grad depression so 
in March, it'll be the first year of my life that I haven't been in a classroom setting, which I don't know how I feel about this because actual work kind of sucks. And that's what I'm talking about. But honestly, actual work kind of sucks. And like school, when you really think about it, was it really that much of a task to go to class and learn? No. And then not have to work. And I don't know. Like, so. Um, so I think heavy, effi- heavy emphasis on the think I'm over not being in college. But now I worry about everything else that adults do. And that kind of sucks. Like paying my bills. Um, going to work every day, making sure that I'm making a good impression and being such a smiley corporate employee. Um, <laughs> making sure I don't piss people off so I don't get a bad name and reputation at work. Like, super adult shit that super sucks. Like, it's actually very collegiate, very high school in the real world, but the stakes are higher, and that's what really sucks. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's what I'm most worried about. Um, but I don't really want to be worried about that. Like, honestly, I'm trying to figure out my next hustle because I can't, I'm not a girl who works. I've come to that conclusion. I don't want to work. I don't want to work. I just want money to come to my bank account and things happen. That So that's my next goal is to figure out how not to work, 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 work. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, that shit's for the birds. Kind of fucking sucks. But, um, yeah, I think what I've become more worried about is like more existential existential things like what makes me happy and what is my purpose and what physical space will I be content in? Like I'm like trying to figure out a city where I would be happy and I don't even know if I would be happy. So then that kind of tweet that kind of weirds me out that feeling. But then also I'm like what is my purpose? I feel I honestly feel like I just I have a higher calling to life if COVID doesn't take me, whatever. I have a higher calling to life. And I just don't know what that is. And not a higher calling, like, I don't know, I just feel like I have something to fucking say and do. And I don't know what the fuck that is or what to say or what to do or how to get there. So then I'm really stressed about that. Uh, (laughs) And I'm, like, also stressed about what makes me happy. And then I'm stressed about, like, okay, my dating life sucks. And then I'm stressed about, like, you're just stressed about all this dumbass shit. Like, dumb, 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 dumb. It's just stupid. Like, honestly. So I think that's really where my worries transition to. It's not, oh, will I graduate college? It's now, who the fuck am I? Who will I be? this is real this is me i'm exactly where i'm supposed to be now gonna let the light okay my friend said that camp rock was better than um high school musical and or cheetah girls i'm not sure what they said but i don't agree like i mean camp rock only had one good movie um except we can't back down but 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 there's too much mistake that's in the second okay not the point so anyways yeah to finish this thought, no, Camp Rock is not better than High School Musical Tyranny. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you that right now. Um, but yeah, I just like really feel out of control. And my manager was telling me about like how being young every day is filled with anxiety and uncertainty. And that's just exactly how I feel. Like I'm just reacting to everything that's happening to me. And I'm not trying, I'm trying to be proactive in how I can adjust when that things do happen to me. I'm not as reactionary. Oh my god, like, see, I just burped, and that's a side effect of GERD, so I don't even know if I have COVID or GERD. Like, what the fuck? Um, and I just need to stop overthinking everything, which is easier said than done. You need to listen to that song by Casey Musgraves. It's on your to-do list. Like, when you leave this episode, you need to listen to that song. Um, wow. The whole album, honestly, iconic. Like, I'm just gonna go on a little side tangent about how I found Casey Musgraves. When I found her, I was like she won the grammys one year like best album of the year and i was like who is this white girl who won this award so i'm gonna give your album a listen golden hour woo! like she deserved that fucking grammy like she deserved that shit so then you know she had a highly anticipated second album and at first i just didn't want to get into it because i'm like if i get into it i'm gonna get into it and boy that's exactly what i fucking did or y'all mm, yeah and that's exactly what I fucking did. I, I'm still bumping this out. It's so good from start to finish. And she even has a movie too about it. And it's just about her divorce and what a bad bitch. So you need to listen to Easier Said Than Done. But ultimately what I just, I need to do is I need to stop and breathe. <sighs> I don't know why I did that right there. <laughs> um, but it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. Because um, I have a million thoughts like seriously um 
And I also wanted to take the, a side note, like I take a second to also say, like, thank you so much for listening to me this year. Like I was on some people's Spotify wrapped, like that's crazy to me. I, this has always kind of been a dream of mine. Um, seriously, like I didn't even know how I would start a podcast. And I first did it with my friend Megan and that went really well. And then I knew I wanted to do it again. So I made another one and I like, honestly love this. It's like, well, I really have some tea to spill, truth be told, but I, I was going to say this is a safe space. It's not a safe space. I have some tea to be spilled to my regular listeners, and I can't share it because the ops might be listening, and it's really important. So if you, maybe next episode, maybe. I don't know, but I really want to fucking tell y'all, and I'm like, I want to give you the fucking story from start to finish, and I just can't do that yet, and it's like bothering me because this is really supposed to be my safe space like I've never really had a safe space for all my ideas because all my ideas can sound very outlandish and I was talking to my friend and to my friend Nick about this we'll be having conversations and we'll like literally just go from a to z like we'll be talking about issue like um housing and it'll be like basically it's white supremacy it's capitalism fuck this abolish that those systems and there's a lot of there's a lot of work to get in between a to z like you can't for some people you need a lot of information knowledge knowledge gaps or just to find the right sources to kind of fill in those gaps about how you get from a to z and then for others you don't and this is a very a to z podcast like i'm just going for it and that's why i feel like it's a safe space is because i don't have to preface what i'm saying with additional knowledge resources like i'm not making this shit up so whatever and i have started to post my resources just so bitches know like this is real but a lot of what i'm talking about too is based on experience but it's just like I love this space to come here like I get excited to come here every week just to like talk about what what are all my ideas that I'm thinking about and what the fuck is going on and how is this connected to white supremacy um and so I love that and I like seriously thank you all so much for listening like you literally it it honestly makes me cry that I actually have this space and when people DM me and they like oh my god like it makes me so happy you have no idea like what it does like I finally feel welcomed, like super welcomed for everything that I have to offer, every thought that I have to say. And I feel like my feelings are validated, which, you know, that's not realistic for a lot of people, seriously. Like, and I don't know, it just makes me, it makes me extremely happy. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Seriously, like you have no idea what this means. And I think I'm actually coming up on my year anniversary on the 9th and was really rocky at the beginning, not consistent, but I want to be consistent, not only for you, but for myself, like to prove to myself that I can do something consistently. Cause I'm like one of those people where I will pick up projects and then forget about it or like do it and then be like, I'm over this. And this is the first time that, no, like I've, this has kind of always been my North star and I love, love, love doing this. And to the 36 subscribers on Spotify. Okay. Only reason I promote Spotify heavily is just cause they have better analytics, but to anybody who listens on any platform, seriously, like you don't even know what this means to me. Um, it meant so much to me that I wanted to invest and spend $800 to upgrade my sound equipment for y'all. Cause I just wanted to sound fucking good. So yeah, I just, I, I feel extremely blessed very fortunate whatever you believe in like you have no idea so with all that being said I kind of wanted to talk about some of my intentions for the next year because previously like I don't know if I want to get super deep into my mental health but honestly I think this is a space and I want people to know like bitch I'm going through it um there's a song in the song with (laughs) there's a song in the song there's this lyric in the song with Ariana Grande I heard the song boyfriend and she starts off saying I'm a motherfucking train wreck like wow never related to something more in my life like I am a motherfucking train wreck um but yeah I I pre like I'm gonna reference another pop culture thing sorry don't shoot me but in the Spider-Man movie I'm not gonna give away but Zendaya does have this line where it's like expect disappointment and you won't be disappointed and like I think that's how I've really always lived my life like I've always expected disappointment so that way I never got my hopes up um, for most things, there's obviously some things you do get your hopes up for. And this is the year that I'm trying to flip that. It scares me because I'm like, what if I really want something and it doesn't go my way? Is it going to crush me? Or what if this year is just super awful? But I'm hoping and I'm feeling good things. I'm feeling really good things. Um, so even something that happened to me on New Year's Day, I'm not that fucking pressed about it because I'm expecting good things. And I wish I could tell you, I really do wish I could share that with you. But this is not the space. And I got to handle some shit IRL and then maybe this can be the space, but this is supposed to be my safe space. Like FYI to the people listening. Well, not 
not my homies y'all know but the people this is supposed to be my safe space so if you get offended I can't help you like this was my safe space and if you want to come on here we can talk about it because I don't want to invalidate your feelings but this is my space it's the audacity to say whatever the fuck I want to say bar holds none (laughs) sorry okay so yeah like I said I'm I'm feeling good positive things for the new year but I just really want to let loose and really do everything I dream of like my anxiety is so crippling that I want to do things but I'm like oh what will this person say what will this person think will this even look good do I even look good you're ugly bit like super bad negative talk like I know that's the one thing I also really want to work on this year but I really want to do everything I dream of and just be the girl that I've always wanted to be like I really feel like I'm that fucking girl and I just need to live that fucking girl fantasy you know what I mean um yeah I also really want to be financially responsible I've been spending like a bitch is like a millionaire I need to stop doing that like seriously and like I said I want to find opportunities to expand my wealth so I don't have to fucking work because the working is not what I want to do and also I just don't want to be I want to figure out a way not to be an active participant in capitalism any more than I already am like I don't know I just it's hard because we we critique a system that we are a part of but I want to find active ways to disengage because I just you can clearly see the the violence that capital is unleashing on people clearly like just look up and see what's going on read the news and I just don't want to be a participant in that because I never want to take advantage of someone um and not give them what they're worth and I'm not and that doesn't have to be money because money is really a construct that true tea not money but I don't know like they just I don't know the system but I just know that there has to be another system I'm like I'm not that much of a great thinker to come up with some shit but I just know this shit ain't fucking working and I also want to expand my podcast like now that I've established consistency which wow that's really a big deal for me um I also want to figure out ways I can make it better and better and better um so if any any feedback anything you want to say please let me know I'm trying to incorporate that I'm also I've tried to incorporate more structure let me know if this is more structured because my previous ones were kind of a clusterfuck um but yeah I do want to figure out a way to make this better um I'm also like letting love happen if it happens bitch if I die celibate in the end times I just I I guess I just die celibate in the end times like it kind of is what it fucking is um but most importantly I'm just looking to to let loose and have fun like I'm not gonna let capitalism misogynoir you know and the likes work me out and stress me out I just gotta I gotta break free from the lies and the chains <laughs> um and also I am actually looking for so I'm gonna go back to therapy I'm looking for a therapist now which I was really scared because I'm like getting a new therapist and I really liked my other one it's really hard um but I'm also looking to get a psychiatrist because I'm looking to get di- like I I know I have something like it, it's ADD or but should I just tell you it's ADD or it's OCD um and I think that contributes to a lot of my depression um and anxiety and so I'm looking to get diagnosed just like on what do I have because I know it's something like it's more than just depression I really do think I have a chemical imbalance somewhere like that does trigger a lot of my anxiety so um yeah I'm like looking to talk to psychiatrists as well just to like kind of figure out what's going on because I've been off my antidepressants and honestly like I felt I feel really good like I realized now when I was on my antidepressants I was so fucking numb like numb 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 like did not feel a thing did not cry at my favorite movies no nothing like I was numb as fuck but I think I needed that numbness to do some really internal work and unpack a lot of internal things I need to figure out and then it kind of just felt like I was re-emerging as like a newborn butterfly (sighs) not corny but you know what I mean like and trying to figure out like you know what is it who am I now like now that I've done some of this work and of course I have a lot of work to do left but I mean I like where I'm going and um, I think the important thing is I'm always open to learning and open to change so I think that that's kind of a positive um but then also like when I talk about my dreams and like what I want to accomplish this year but I also want to talk about some of the things I want to improve on like i like at the same time like I have created that space to well okay no I would talk about things I want to do I'm gonna talk about things I want to improve on and then I'm gonna finish out with like creating a space for to celebrate the things that I did um but like but like what I wanted to say like something I want to work on is I want to work on listening to understand and not listening to respond that's something that's really important to me so that once I'm talking to someone I can fully engage and encapsulate everything they're saying to me so I can get the proper most intelligent and empathetic response I can give instead of just looking to and to to respond to what they're saying um and sometimes that just means not saying anything and just saying okay I think I, I do struggle what I do struggle having letting someone have the last word that's me okay yeah I admit it um but that's something I just really want to work on and taking things in and just 
analyzing and that's something that I really want to work on and then kind of celebrating some of the things that I did this year I I I want to say this like when I look at the woman I am today as a little girl I could have never imagined to be where I am today like I, w- I was like reflecting back on my how I felt as a kid and I I just felt I literally have had never had so much more anxious pain than I had as a child like I can remember having panic attacks and anxiety attacks like no kid should have to feel that way no kid should ever have to feel that anxious you know um I'm just getting emotional because I just look at the woman who I've become today and I just never thought that this would be the little girl you know I would be who I am today seriously so I just feel super blessed for that and like I have to acknowledge my hard work and how far I've come and the things that I've done I think I'm really hard on myself like and I never give myself grace and so yeah I think while that's something I want to work on I just want to celebrate that like when I look at the little girl who I was and who I am today I just know the little girl would be proud my little self would be proud like so proud and I'm proud of myself today and I'm just excited to see myself grow in confidence and intelligence and self-awareness and recognizing my beauty and like just taking care of myself like honestly you know because I just haven't been doing that and I'm super anxious and I blame myself like mess hot mess like who isn't but I want to be less of a hot mess this year so yeah that's kind of like (laughs) I think my intentions and my goals are kind of me coming out of my post-grad depression because when I was depressed I couldn't even think about the things that I wanted or the positive things I wanted to do and now I'm able to do that um and now I'm trying to find my greater purpose outside of the institutions that I went to um and try to find my place and that's gonna take time but like I don't miss school I don't know if I'm gonna go back anytime soon like not within the next three like not within the next two years I don't see myself going back to school but I do think I will always be a student of life and I do love to learn and like honestly one day I would really love to be a professor like seriously because you just get to teach and talk about shit and I won't be I won't be doing tests I won't be doing quizzes you really don't have to come to the reading I think I would do it more like seminar style like let's come and have a conversation um uh, and let's chat like that's honestly how I would gauge it um and you have no test no like nothing like I because I don't want to grade that shit on my free time I think I'll be a bomb ass professor so I think I really want to do a, be a be a prof like like the last thing I do not like the first thing I do but yeah so thank you so much like and like I said like once again thank you so much for listening like you could be doing 10 million other things and you're listening to this podcast and you don't have to and that's super amazing and yeah like thank you thank you thank you thank you and also just another plug another shout out I am looking for guests like honestly if it's it's me I could talk about anything like I could I could literally talk about paint colors come about to paint my and like we could get into paint colors I don't care but like if you want a platform you just want to talk about something let's talk about it with hit me up I want guests I want guests I'm looking for guests please 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 like I will I will find the t- I will f- form to your topic and we can literally talk about anything so yeah so I'm looking for guests and I'm actually gonna have my first guest I think next week we're gonna be talking about um Drake and Kanye who's better which I'm excited for because um while I recognize the beauty in Drake and his stripper crying over stripper music because that's my fave I think that Kanye albeit a hot mess like buying the house a neck across the street from your wife and begging her to come back to you after like and this is like like I said last time like yes people who have mental illnesses deserve patience but you can't get mad at how someone reacts to what you've done when you've had your mental breaks or your manic episodes you can't get mad sometimes if someone says that I can't handle it because it is a lot to handle and that's even something that I recognize it's a lot to handle so um yeah so we're gonna be talking about Drake and Kanye so yeah let's hop into the episode so now we're transitioning into transitioning into get the fuck out of my neighborhood the perils of gentrification so what inspired this episode was i have basically watched every piece of media out there i have nothing else to watch so you know like after you watch everything you just go through your rewatch stage of life to refresh yourself on your favorite movies um so that's what I did I'm also at the stage where I'm like purchasing the movies I've always loved to have my like forever Rolodex which is exciting for me because like as a kid we never really had extra money to do some shit like that like renting movies buying movies and shit so that's like super exciting for me because I also just like torrent shit like 
I was I was I was pirating shit crazy right um and I don't want to live that lifestyle anymore like one two three movies all those damn pop-ups um when I could buy the movie but I only buy them like because sometimes they have like really good movies on sale for like $4.99 so that's how I'm building it like I'll check the $4.99 $7.99 prices and stuff and then I'll just buy them when they're super cheap but I will not will not pay like over $10 for a movie and also they'll do really good bundle deals so you can like get bundled like I think I got all the Twilight movies for like $15 which that's a steal like I would pay $15 for all five movies <laughs> that's not all I have in my fucking library but that's all I can think of off the top of my head um so yeah so as a part of my rewatch I've been like rewatching all my black faves which is I just got I rediscovered a movie that's a really hidden gem and um one being like Mike which I watched with friends which it's actually really funny like I didn't think it would be good but it's still good and then the other being Barbershop 2 back in business so if you're black you've probably seen Barbershop and you've probably seen Barbershop 2 if not but it's like the extension of Barbershop um and I just incline you like if like I'm ma- I made I'm making this offer because I <laughs> mini break I put a poll out to talk about gentrification or fuck Lin-Manuel Miranda, which say that three times fast. And if you can do it, send me a video. Um, And everybody voted for gentrification. And I really want to talk about fucking Lin-Manuel Miranda because fuck him. Like he's fucking awful. And I just want to have that space to go in about Hamilton because I never watched Hamilton. I never will because the premise just already seems off the fucking cuff. You have black people and people of color playing slave owners. (laughs) Like that's kind of crazy. That's some cognitive dissonance. I always use that phrase wrong and I hope I hit it right. <laughs> Hold on, I'm about to look it up. Cause I always hit it fucking wrong and I'm like, ugh, like I want to use this phrase so bad and I can't make it. No, I think that makes sense. I think cognitive dissonance makes sense. Okay. Um, but I really want to talk about that, but no, everyone wants to talk about gentrification and we can talk about gentrification, but next week I will be going on Lynn Manuel Miranda's ass. And I'm not holding back. um yeah so anyways the barbershop movies are like black staples they're super good they have ice cube and i actually think ice cube can fucking act um and the second one is with queen latifah which i if you know me you know that i think that queen latifah is one of the best actresses out there actors out there to ever fucking do it like don't fucking try me i'm not here to have this argument fight your mom about it it's just facts it's not a feeling it's my therapist i say leah it's feelings not facts no this is facts not feelings sorry but anyway she, she has a spinoff from this one's beauty shop and that's what's also super good but yeah so this this movie I was watching it and it was like wow like it came out hold on okay it came out in 2004 which is crazy but they're actually talking about like really imp- like really important topics and like very like it could be happening today that like that's how in the past but in the present it really is and basically like the plot really focuses like a lot on gentrification and what should the model of your business be when you have corporations and white people coming into your neighborhood that you have to compete with which is a really important discussion because like as a black person I know that I have this competition as business so how can I make my business quote-unquote better which is really just fitting into a like a a white like a white supremacist standard of professionalism and instead of like what it actually is which is a black barbershop like where you just go talk shit get your hair cut and I do want to acknowledge that those spaces can be very homophobic so this is speaking from a primarily heterosexual male perspective because a lot of gay men gay black men have said that they don't feel comfortable going into barbershops just because of the derogatory talk and how they'd be treated so I fully understand that and I want to give note to that because I do acknowledge that that really happens um but yeah so the barbershop um so in calvin's case which is calvin the the main character in the story he's really focusing like it's focused on his barbershop duh so basically the plot is a chain barbershop built across the street from him and it's this developer who's trying to bribe all the business owners on the block to sell their property to him so he can just make it whatever he want and develop like make it whatever he wants and to develop into shit um 
so to expand further upon like each of these changes so your change in demographics would be the people of color start to disappear they become the minority in the area where they were previously the majority you have real the real estate markets which means like the cost of houses go up for example like Sotheby's is selling houses in my neighborhood and if you know Sotheby's is like a really high-end luxury real estate company they do art they do everything like anything that can be sold and auctioned off they do so it's kind of crazy that they're in my neighborhood and I used me and my best friend in college or in high school uh, college high school I don't know whatever some point in our friendship <laughs> we used to like go on the stuff of these websites and look at really nice houses like million dollar houses so it's kind of crazy that they're selling neighborhood like they're selling houses in my neighborhood which that was just never the case like when I was growing up um you also have like the amount of land use so like you see like these empty areas that just start getting snapped up and people are building up um that's starting to happen a lot there's no empty lots and each space is to put to be put to use which that's also just a, a terrible symptom of capitalism like why can't something just be why do you have to put it into use to make money out of it like whatever yeah yeah yeah. capitalism sucks yeah and then you have the cultural and the social fabric of the neighborhood so just overall like it become it sort of becomes white centric and hippie centric speaking for portland because portland's very hippie it becomes very hippie centric white centric when it really just used to be a black neighborhood with black people who would walk down the street say hi to each other etc so i also want to note that this conversation of gentrification is also a part of something larger because i was reading a lot of articles are talking about well it's not just gentrification it's not gentrification and you're right it's not gentrification is a symptom of a larger issue of uh, how black people engage in the housing market or how they were allowed to gauge, engage in the housing market, which they weren't. They were told where they needed to live. They couldn't apply for loans, applied for predatory loans, got their shit stolen when they just really wanted to buy a house um, and redlining where they were allowed to go and actually live, which Portland has a history of redlining as well. And um, abusive, like um, exclusionary, like rules that made it so that black people, it made it so black people couldn't really engage in the housing market in the way that they desired. Um, and it's also too like outside of education it's also too like about how black people and brown people can become trapped in poverty in their physical locations based on their access to the housing market and being told where they're allowed to live while other white neighborhoods actually find ways to keep black people from moving into their neighborhoods and uh, a quote from the article is um homeowners in a well off homeowners in a well in well-off neighborhoods have cemented systems of local control through rules like exclusionary zoning to keep their neighborhoods prohibitively expensive for lower income Americans, including many black and brown Americans. And why I thought this was really funny too is because um, in Oregon, we have this in Portland, in Portland, a suburb of Portland, it's called Lake No Negro. That's when you like, honestly, I. Oregonians laugh about that shit, but that just goes to show you how desensitized to racism we are. It's called Lake Oswego, but it's nicknamed Lake No Negro. That's really fucking scary when you think about it. Like, seriously. And in conjunction with Oregon being a sundown state, not a town, a state. That's really fucking weird. Like, that's not funny. But, um... I had a former friend who used to live in Lake No Negro, and she was telling me how they the city wanted to build like low income housing kind of near the city center, and the residents were so much at uproar they just canceled that shit because they said we want to bring those kinds of people those kinds of people into our neighborhood. So that just goes to show you like kind of these exclusionary zoning like they're not laws, but it's like kind of the behavior and the attitude towards people that are different that allows so that you can't go into that neighborhood. And what if you were looking for like, you wanted to experience the shops or you wanted to experience the school system, you weren't allowed that. And then you become trapped in the neighborhood that that may not have the good schools or may not be where you want to be because you don't have many options or places to live. Cause like the houses in Lake Oswego, I want to say are like upwards of $300,000, $400,000. Like I think those shits are expensive. And my art teacher, my art teacher, my pottery, teacher she used to live up there and I'm like the fuck like she retired there and she just does pottery in her her basement because it's cute and it's fun that's kind of crazy like bitches just have hobbies there and oh my god someone's saying some bullshit in the group chat about fucking COVID like I don't want to hear about no fucking COVID like I'm tweaking as it is already um but yeah so a little bit more on exclusionary zoning laws they work by essentially trapping many black families into low-income neighborhoods by pricing them out of richer ones Okay, and the history of them serve more than 100 years ago, the city of Louisville, Kentucky had a zoning ordinance that prohibited a white man from selling his property to a black one if the neighborhood was majority uh, was already majority white. This was declared unconstitutional, but white people found other ways to, uh, to make sure that black people didn't move into their neighborhoods. Basically, like low key by inciting violence, 
uh, getting their neighbors to sign covenants, like racially restrictive covenants, which means you cannot sell your house to a black person. You will not sell your house to a black person, um, which is crazy. And that was also deemed unconstitutional in 1948. And as a result of that, um, or no, as a result of MLK's death in response to racially restrictive covenants, the Housing Act was outlawed. Um, which was outlawed discrimination based on marginalized marginalized identities in 1968. Which, also sidebar, MLK is really that nigga. Like, I took a Malcolm and Martin class, and I was low-key hating on MLK because he was doing some unscrupulous shit, like having orgies and shit, cheating on his wife. But you know what? I'm not here to judge anybody's sexual proclivities when you're saving the lives of black people. So I really do think MLK was really that nigga, and he really tapped into the power of... It's really about uh, attacking poverty. If you really want to save people, it's about poverty. And that's what a nigga did. Um, <laughs> I should have said that like that. That is why Martin Luther King has passed away. But he's really that nigga. And I'm I'm really sick of bitches using his words. Like, even our my college was a, a victim of this. Or no, a perpetrator, a, an oppressor of this. Is they would, like, kind of Santa Claus, like Santa Claus his words and make him sound all prim and pretty. And that he believed, like, he was really on y'all asses. He really said that... Uh, it, it, black people and white people p- will probably never be able to fully integrate like he was really saying some real ass shit real ass shit give a fuck about a nigga five big broken back hole five six figures stripes on his ass so he called that pussy ticket fucking on a skim and like he was <laughs> he was really talking about some shit and the bitches were just not ready um but yeah but what what this transpired into so then you have obviously this colorblind law that makes sure that racism doesn't happen the racism that does happen becomes de facto discrimination where um it's like unspoken discrimination discrimination so what that then turned into is they regulate the type of dwellings that could be built on a size which uh people like if it was a, a larger home it would be like more expensive right because you have to pay more per square foot so if you make them so big only a certain amount of people could afford them and or get loans to buy those houses so that would box certain people black people out of houses versus the houses they could afford in neighborhoods they probably didn't want to live in so it kind of sectioned them off to ghettos like this is some really sick and twisted shit when you really think about it like these are some sick and twisted people coming up with all this shit um so basically, like when I when I heard all this stuff, I was based. It, it talks about how they will price out. Um, it prices out most Americans, typically being black and brown, but it also prices out white people, and that's why white people. I personally think that's why white people come into these um, black neighborhoods because they're looking for something cheaper, and once one comes, they all come like roaches. <laughs> that might have been too far. <laughs> But you know what? I said what I fucking said, like roaches. And then these businesses start coming in and property tax or property value goes up. And some people either sell to make a lot of money and leave because they don't like the fucking crowd or some people can't afford their property taxes. Like, for example, my grandma, she had a house on Northeast uh, 15th and Fremont. Um, And I feel like only Portland people would know that, but that's fine. Like, this is really like, (laughs) I know this doesn't sound like it, but this is kind of a love letter to Portland. Like, as much as I'm talking shit about this, I like I really love Portland. I think it's a beautiful city. Like I went back home and I had so much time to explore and I just like fell in love. Um, so I do think it's a really beautiful city, but just because it's a beautiful city doesn't mean I can't call it the fucking racism. And that's on per. But anyways, my grandma lived on Northeast 15th and Fremont and it's like become like a white heaven. Like they have a Starbucks, a Whole Foods. It used to be a library and a Papa Murphy's, which is fucking nasty. And like, just like some, you know, things that make the girl sing. And, um, but her property taxes was $6,000. And she originally bought that house, I want to say for like $15,000, $20,000. She didn't really buy the house for that much. But as white people started moving to the neighborhood and it started becoming more hip, because it did start, it had like a corner, like it was called Mojo's and there's like a barbershop, like it had things going for it. Um, Property taxes rose and she couldn't afford it. So she had to sell and she had to leave. And I drive by that. I grew up in the house, like in my taller years. So I'm like, I really miss this. Like it's a beautiful house and I wish things could have been different, but gentrification and white supremacy fucking works um but yeah i think it's a cycle of like sorry let me get focused i think it's a cycle of like when white people get priced and boxed out of the suburbs that they're supposed to be in they'll come into these neighborhoods and once like i said once one comes they all come and it just creates a whole cycle where black people will constantly be black people are literally nomads in america constantly trying to figure out where they can go and where they can be safe without having and the whole thing is like you're uh, you're supposed to be able to have 
at least your property and black people can't even maintain that and i don't think it's any fault of their own i think it's a system built to make it this way and it's a system that sometimes rewards white pe sometimes it rewards white people but most importantly it rewards rich white people because sometimes white people get left off the bus like and they get left off the bus in this whole this whole scenario because they are really supposed to make money more money because of their race and they do to an extent but some people don't make as much money as like i want to say like the like the upper class you know there's still middle class and the mil whole middle class is super fucked like a middle class doesn't exist you're the upper you're lower personally so if you're on the upper then you're kind of fucked and you're just trying to make sense of it um and i also like i was trying i wanted to do because you know when you debate you're supposed to give both the positives and the negatives and i'm like no i'm not doing that i'm sorry there are really no positives to gentrification like i, I don't i'm sorry like and especially there's no positives like they were talking about oh it brings new business the streets are clean and i said that doesn't matter because you'll never be black and experience a visceral feeling of being in your neighborhood and watching it completely shift over years like it's like watching a slow death like the slowest death i've ever seen and you have dogs shitting in your yard now and i've never seen so many fucking dogs in my neighborhood before in my life and you got people wa people walking down your block and white people looking at you like you don't belong and who and who wants to feel like that like i think the day no it shouldn't matter but it just goes to show again that black people will never have a space to belong even in their own home you won't have anywhere to go you can't there's nobody you can run to so i i wanted to talk like i didn't want to talk about gentrification just in a bubble because gentrification doesn't exist in a bubble it there's a lot of racist history when it comes to oregon but not just racist history like in regards to state but a lot of housing race like a lot of racist history in regards to housing and i did want to shed light on that because i think it's important because it, then it makes you want to be like honestly everybody should research their own state and city and learn about what they did because redlining happens everywhere it happened everywhere black people were allowed no, like really nowhere even if you, they did go to the north or they did come to the west coast there were rules and regulations to that shit like they just weren't existing and living racism is everywhere so i'm like encourage you, I really encourage you to like look up your own city and learn about like your like the history that exists there because chances are it's fucking there um so for starters um Oregon is like I said not a sundown town it's a sundown state and it was they said in the constitution no free negro or mulatto mulatto being someone who is mixed race not residing in this state at the time of adoption of this constitution shall come reside reside or be within the state or hold any real estate or make any contracts or maintain any suit therein um which is fucking crazy and i they didn't change that until 2001 and <laughs> that's fucking crazy oh my god um but then also like Portland in general is like Portland and Oregon are just really pretty racist in general like for example Oregon possessed the country's highest per capita membership of the Ku Klux Klan by the 1920s and I'm trying to find I saw in a documentary but I can't remember this I can't find the statistic but we also have one of the highest hate crime payouts and I can't find it but I know it's true I watched it in a documentary because it was a gangland documentary about skinheads in Oregon so I know this shit happened but we have one of the highest paid like payout histories for a hate crime in the U.S. and we were also once the skinhead capital of the U.S. which that's like like next level Ku Klux Klan like weird crazy shit we also had a stabbing on our max which is why I really refuse to take the max our max is like our light rail and you it's pretty scary like pretty scary but you can't get off until it stops and I have an issue with that because because there are these two uh, Muslim girls and they had on their hijabs and this white guy got so angry and was like yelling at them and was saying racial slurs and he ended up stabbing them and then two bystanders tried to help them and then he ended up stabbing them and like like drug the knife through something like some super crazy shit like and no one thinks that this shit happens in portland i'm like i'm in this group chat and i'm like really stressed about this covid shit and they're making jokes and i'm like i don't i don't want to joke this shit's not funny um but yeah so more specifically like portland's history with racism and gentrification so black people they did still come to portland but they came to portland to work in a shipping plant in vanport which i want to say is like by delta park that's where i'm imagining to be but i could also be very wrong look it up i don't know um for my portlandy people i don't know what you call yourself if you're from port i don't know what you call yourself if you're from portland sorry um but it was flooded and some people said that was on purpose that's what the that's what the conspiracy theorists say and white people were allowed to pick where they wanted to move and black people were told they had to live or move to northeast portland which is where i grew up so north portland northeast portland which when you learn about that, it's like, that's hella crazy that that's exactly where my family moved. Okay. Um, but I think that's where they moved because that's where they were allowed to move and buy houses. Okay. 
The only place this was the only place that they could legally buy or rent homes. The code of ethics of the Portland Re- Realty Board forbade realtors and bankers from selling or giving loans to Negroes or Orientals. Ooh, I I'm not I'm not I'm the O word. Sorry, I'm, I I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for properties in white neighborhoods. Um, and that's kind of that's how they would take advantage. Like they had a company come and take advantage of people in 200 homes. They could barely get loans. The banks did not want to give black people loans to buy their homes. I do not know about for Asian people. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't see that. But yeah, so that's she make I was gonna say that's psycho. <laughs> she make a body goes. Oh, it's a cyclone because she made me wanna do it. Okay. Sorry. And then another thing that I le- I like literally just learned when I was reading this was so we have this mall it's ghetto as fuck and it's closing and I know I shouldn't use the G word but it is super ghetto and it's super closing and it should super close because it's super ghetto. <laughs> um, but they purpose they wanted to build a white corridor which I don't even know what that means I guess like a white way to get there instead of going through Negro Town. Um, and so they, they bought, um, in a development, building a new coliseum in the heart of Albina and begin, and that began to displace black families. So that condemned 476 mostly black occupied homes, all the district's businesses and, and many of its churches. Residents were told they had to be gone before the bulldozers arrived. So they didn't even get money. They didn't get a choice. Like that's fucking crazy. And to be honest, I, this is why I'm mad. Like this is, I have every reason when I look at this shit and I read this shit and I talk about it, I have every reason to be fucking mad. Okay, so the, also you have I five that was um, that was built and they purposely built it because they wanted to they and this is really no I'm serious like this is really important when you think about roads you think about driving it's actually very racist highways were constructed to separate black neighborhoods um, from white a tactic endorsed by the federal housing administration nationwide so in Portland we have I five um, and that eliminated 125 black homes and they said this and Richard Rossin um a housing discrimination expert said that he viewed interstates as a good opportunity to get rid of the local nigger town whoa wow and then there's this hospital called emmanuel hospital which is where i was born uh they called that surrounding area like a worthless slum and they proposed a clearance to prevent the spread of slums to adjacent neighborhoods um so they wanted to add a 19 acre camp like a 19 acres to its campus but um they really weren't able to do that. Um, and that would clear 10 blocks of homes and businesses. Like that was their goal to clear 10 blocks of homes and businesses. Um, so it's like crazy, like a place where I was born at wouldn't even know this shit. They are previously building this shit to displace black homes and black people. Um, and so, these neighborhoods have become decimated and neglected because they were kicked out. Um, and Portland officials were under pressure from the black community. They started another urban renewal process, which they do a lot of urban renewal processes and they're not urbanly renewing anything. Um, and that ended up pushing even more residents out. So white people were able to swoop in and buy their Victorian homes for less than the price of a used car. So they basically got, they basically stole fucking houses from people. Like that's really fucked up. And black residents priced out left. And now black black people, black residents, they own 40% fewer homes in the community while white folks own 43% more. That is fucking awful. And I think also this reminds me why city planning is important. And I would say we need more black people, but that's not even true. Bitches need to city plan properly. Like, stop being fucking racist. Like, that's really all I have to say. I don't have this. I don't know if I had necessarily the solutions. I'm gonna leave that to the city planners who so you know what the fuck you're talking about. But what I'm gonna say as an outsider, as a bystander, stop being fucking racist. Like, stop it. It's not a cute look. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Go back to my old host. That's a no no. Like, stop doing that shit. Like, it's not a cute look. So, all you people who wanna live, visit Portland, live in Portland, I don't know, like, I would just encourage you to look at the city through the lens of kind of the harm that it's caused to black people and organized in general, think about all the harm it's caused to black people and brown people and really any person of color looking to establish a home and 
but they can't afford to do so. And I honestly think the city is beautiful and it should be accessible to everybody. And it's not accessible to everybody. It's accessible to people who can afford to move into these neighborhoods, gentrify the whole shit and et cetera, et cetera. And every neighborhood low key, like, yes, they have some cute spots and some bomb food, but they're becoming like cookie cutter the same because it's just all about maximum profit. Build up, build wide, maximum profit. Get as many people in you can, as you can in there. Make the shit hella cheap so you have a, a profit increase. And who gives a fuck? Like, it's awful. But at the end of the day, like, when I, t- when I thought about this really when I was typing it, looking at it, it, like, sometimes I'm walking down in my neighborhood, I, like, honestly tear up. Like, seriously, like, I kind of get emotional because it just, it's another reminder of how white supremacy has taken away something that was supposed to be ours. And it was, like, the only thing we could have. Um, and no one gives a damn because they can buy their nasty-ass coffee for a million dollars and live their white lives without ever having to acknowledge their what their mere presence may mean to the black person that was pushed out for them to have this experience. Like, And I would see that shit, too, in my neighborhood, all these Black Lives Matter signs, and I'm like, okay, but did the black life fucking matter when you moved in this neighborhood or and brought up the fucking property value and shit and just, like, fucking threw everything out of fucking whack? Like, no, a black life really didn't matter then, and... I know people are going to say like, okay, but gentrified, like gentrified neighborhoods, their businesses, you know, they're moving there, they're making the neighborhood something. And it's like, why can't we get, why aren't we giving black people the opportunity to make the neighborhood something? And it's because that black people don't really have access to capital in the way that white people do. Capital enough, capital in terms of time, wealth, money, like health, anything. Black people do not have as much as white people do to p- be creating these businesses. And that's why it's such a feat when black people put these businesses up. Like my friends just tell me how in my neighborhood out of this one strip of these businesses is finally a black owned business. And that makes me really excited. And I'm like, don't know her, but I'm really proud because that was a white business prior to. Um, and it's just like, we don't have access to capital as much as others. And we're not given the opportunities to create these businesses. And it's just harder. Like we have to acknowledge that's a little harder and that's why, but why would I want a white person to come into my neighborhood who doesn't understand the social fabric or the history of this neighborhood and what it means to black people to come in and start, you know, selling stuff there when we're not their customers, you know, we're not the audience. So yeah, no, I don't think that it's helpful when these businesses move in and they also bring in more white people too that don't understand the history of the neighborhood, don't understand what it means to be in this neighborhood, what's the importance, and it's aggravating and just creates a bunch of people coming here wanting to live here, buy the houses, because they're cheap, and and the neighborhood's coming up, and it's cute, and also, I'm moving to my new um, apartment in February, and I'm really excited, Uh, but, uh, like, my landlord and the person, the previous tenant has been saying stuff like, oh, the neighborhood's really turning, and I'm like, fuck, like, I'm participating in gentrification, I didn't know it, um, and it's actually really sad because I don't want to I don't want to watch that shit again but yeah I just thank you so much for listening um like I said happy new year pray for me that I don't have COVID but I think I do because this whole group chat is just talking about how how many of y'all tested positive like that's not what I want to fucking hear right now like what the fuck um but yeah I hope everybody has a really blessed week a positive week um and I will be doing um my euphoria weekly recaps but yeah I will see you in the next episode